So we gathered on this precious occasion of Radhastami field of us here at the um, residence of Bamsidhari, Jagannath Dev, Itai Gaur, Kauchandra Das. And um, I want to speak in briefly uh, some words in praise of and um, hopefully that will help us to um, appreciate the underlying philosophical and theological implications of the person of she. Radha. <coughs> She's, of course, uh, the uh, central figure in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which is peculiar. Prabhupada used to put it something like this All the religions are teaching that God is the most worshipable person, and we are teaching about the person who God worships. She who is worshipable by God. In the uh, beautiful Bengali poetry of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami that we find in his work, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, he says it like this <clears throat> Ami Shisha Guru Naka Radhi Kar Premera Unmata. Ami Shisha. This is through his pen. Krishna speaking. Shri Krishna is Kapiraj Goswami. I am the Sishya 
disciple, Amishishu, Guru Mati. And Radharani is my guru. Nata means first to the, the school of dance. In the school of dance, you know that it was Nietzsche who said that if there was a god, he would be a dancer. And uh, he was right about that. And Krishna, of course, is depicted as such a dancer. And <coughs> here he says, Goswami, that my teacher in that regard is Radha. She's my guru. I'm the student. Radhikar Prem Unmata. Her Prem causes Unmata drives me mad. Sometimes we find in the contemporary Gaudiya community some devotees have a, some difficulty wrapping their heads around the plurality of gurus. Hmm. But we find it uh, even in the life of Krishna and of course in the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as well. Krishna was initiated in Ujjain by Sandipani Muni, that was his guru, and he was a Shaivite. Krishna blessed the Shaivites by taking initiation from, from them. <coughs> but um, his Siksha guru in the school of dancing, and he's a dancer, um, is, is Radha. Amishisha Guru Radhika Premeru. Her love drives me mad. <clears throat> so again, as I began, this is a very peculiar uh, idea within the religious uh, community, the, the, the spiritual traditions of the world. And I think that Prabhupada is correct in, in, in the point that he implies by his statement that this is unique in the, in the world of, uh, of religious traditions. <clears throat> that God has a worshipable object and it is Radha who personifies the fullness of devotion. Krishna is referred to as Rasa Raj, the, the king, Raj of Rasa, of tasting love. And Radha is Mahabhav, Swarupana. So Rasa Raj, Mahabhav. And Krishna does this, Duyek Rupa. These two have become one in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and this is, is his teaching mm-hmm. um, that you have the perfect um, object of love the taster of love in Krishna and the very uh, personification of the highest love in Radha it's said and the Goswamis have drawn from it the Shruti in the Upanishad, Rasovaisa. Uh, it's speaking about Brahman, the Absolute. Brahman is this, Brahman is this, but different levels in the text um, identifies uh, the Godhead, levels of consciousness of people, let's say. For example, in terms of their sense of dependence, hmm? um, 
this is God. Brahman is this. Just like you have Anumai. God is food. Pranamoy. God is breath. Our bottom line, right? We need food to survive. We need to breathe. We're dependent upon air, upon foods for our sustenance. Manamoy. And we go to the to the thinking people, so to speak. From you could say hunting and gathering. I need to need to eat. Need to breathe. Need to think. Hmm? To begin. Begin means intellect. So, with uh, think with thinking comes feeling, emotional life, and intellect comes then the uh, discriminating factor, <coughs> and so forth, and so on. Anandamoy, ultimately. Uh, similarly, um, in the Taitari Upanishad, you have this Brahman is this, Brahman is this. And uh, in the concluding line there in the text is Rasa Vaisa. Sa means he, he. Brahman is Rasa. Um, later on, as it would seem, from an academic point of view, you have the Ras Shastras, for example, of Bharat Muni. Hmm? And the whole aesthetic theory of, in which rasa is the soul of, of poetry, the soul of the drama. Hmm? Um, but uh, despite what it, how it may appear academically, and had an academician once criticized in Poland my commentary on Gopal Tapani Upanishad because I cited Rasa Vaisa and Brahma's Rasa, and it means this. Hmm? as the Gaudis explain it, drawing from Bharat's aesthetic texts and so forth, and then going further from there and so on, uh, she objected by way of saying, that's a later text, how can the Upanishad, which comes earlier, hmm, be referring to a text that comes later? Because it wasn't written yet. So it was, was, I just kind of chuckled. And our, old, our old tradition is based on that. Might want to look at the at what the tradition um, represents for centuries in terms of the kind of people it produces. And tell me it doesn't fit, it doesn't work. Hmm? What are they tasting that they've described in the language as Rupa Goswami has of, of Indian aesthetics? Hmm? Um, to identify with Rasa if it's not if it's not Brahman if it's not something beyond the senses, beyond the mind, beyond time and space. What is it? What's what's doing this to them? And, and so forth. So uh, it's a very limited way of, of looking at it. And of course, the, the, the Indian tradition is it really, from a scriptural point of view, is, is that these teachings are discovered. And I've given an example in the sacred preface of how there are two schools of mathematics, where one school thinks that math is a human kind of creation of language, descriptive language for describing the world. And the other school of thought is it's language or mathematics, excuse me, is embedded in nature and uh, it's discovered by mathematicians. That's the larger school as I understand it. And um, so the comparison is apt in terms of the Vedic notion of sacred texts that they are revealed, that the, the, the sounds, hmm, 
the strings or something. You want to go to string theory. They're in each at the at the at the basic level. Poetically, some scientists have reasoned about conjectured about string theory, and then poetically described it as the world as as a concert in the mind of God, this vibration going on and so forth. So anyway, embedded in the world are sounds that reaches through going inward here, just like a dog can hear a whistle that a human can't. And from another dimension, then information is coming. We were talking the other night, people. I labor sometimes to 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 make the case that consciousness is not reducible to to, to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but in one sense, it's not even a good point to to start the argument on because there's a premise that that arises out of that, or that 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 that, that arises out of, I should say, which is that people who say so understand what matter is. Mm-hmm. But if you say some, if someone says, "Well, consciousness is really only the brain, it's only matter," then ask him what matter is. See what they say. Do you know what it is? Does anybody know what it is? And there are modern theories to the effect that it's basically information. It's a very different idea. Um, information, the DNA, or something, something like that. So, so there's there's there's, there's language there's. A, uh, uh, there's codes to be discovered, something like that. And, and of course, in string theory, there's many dimensions that are posited, like ten dimensions, something like that. So, and I, I should say that the, uh, those who have theorized along those lines uh, have expressed, some of them have expressed some sympathy for the Indian way of, of thinking about things, about the world. In the past, with no beginning to time, expanding and contracting universes, and so on and so forth, and um, and the world being information, mm-hmm. matter being information. Um, so, um, so by going within and experiencing other dimensions of human consciousness, other than the waking dimension or the dreaming dimension or the deep sleep dimension, the fourth dimension, coming back from that and speaking about it, we have these these texts, secret insights about the, 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 the greater, the, the more that you are that should be taken into consideration if you want to be a healthy human being. Hmm? You want to be a healthy, psychological human. It's important to know what you are and what the dimensions of human consciousness hmm, include so to speak. So anyway, um, <coughs> from there we have this 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 idea, rasa uvaisaha, Brahman is rasa. Now if we say that Brahman is rasa, in order for Brahman to be rasa, there have to be two, because mm-hmm. rasa means literally the taste. So there has to be something to taste, and there has to be the, the taster. Mm-hmm. So this is rasaraj and, and Mahabhav. Mm-hmm. Um, to Krishna and Radha. So there's a, a duad. It's not a monotheistic. There's two in the picture. There's the masculine Krishna, the, the feminine Radha, and, and in the case of Krishna, the full-fledged, as we think of him, uh, expression of the, of, of the personality of the Godhead. We find him 
moving under the influence of Radha, who is again the full embodiment of love or bhakti. Mahabhava Swarupani. The essence of the goal of sadhana spiritual practice is welcome. Ecstasy or bhav and and that bhav is the essence of rasa distilled, churned bhava terms into rasa and many, many bhavas. And to be expressed experienced in bhakti rasa. So the personification, the fullness, the full uh, embodiment of Bhav, Mahabhav, Swarup, Swarupini, it's feminine. This is the idea of Radha. And Krishna, as I say, moving under that um, influence. Amishisha Guru Nata, Radhikar Premero Mata. So Krishna speaking. I am the I am the Shisha, Amishisha, and Radhika is in the school of dancing, my teacher. Amishisha Guru Nata, Radhikar Prem Mata. Her Prem, her love, is driving me mad. So the abode of Krishna, the Dham, Vrindavan, Braj, uh, the 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 the, the Trans-temporal and tan- trans-spatial dimension, wherein the drama of the uh, romantic life of the god it takes place. We call this lila, as you know. Lila means drama, uh, play in the sense of drama. I've said before that if you know everything, you're omniscient, and you're everywhere, omnipresent, there's nowhere to go, and there's nothing to do, you already know everything. So as much as omniscience and omnipresence may seem desirable from our point of view, he who is omniscient and omnipresent may not find them as desirable uh, as we might think they are. There's no mystery in life. There's nothing to be learned, nothing more to, to be known. Hmm? This is again something relative to our tradition. It's quite unique. In many forms of Vedanta and Hinduism, the goal is to stop trying to become and just be. We're trying to become happy. We're trying to become secure. We're trying to become aware or knowing. Hmm? rather than unknowing and ignorant. But the teaching is you are happy by nature. The Atma, by its nature, is is blissful. The, the Atma, by its nature, is, is knowing, cognizant, rather than unknowing, like, like the objective world. Uh, and uh, it is uh, of the nature of being. That means uh, it exists in all circumstances, not like the material manifestations that are here today and, and gone tomorrow. So the teaching is you are Sat, Chit, Ananda. You are trying to be Sat, Chit, Ananda. You are trying to be being, knowing, loving is another way to speak of it. We try to pleasure ourselves somehow. We try to be 
It means secure, to exist, to make sure we don't exist by keeping a watch over our shoulder, so to speak. We live with the threat of non-existence. So we're trying to overcome that. And we live with ignorance. We're trying to know, inform ourselves. We try to be and to inform our being such that we can be happy. Sat-chit-ananda. The teaching of Vedanta is you are a unit of Sat-chit-ananda and you're looking for those things where you can't find them. You're trying to expand the limitations of the mental and physical realms to accommodate all that you actually are. And that's why, as I say sometimes, we celebrate in human society the, the every minor success, as it's thought, that constitutes going beyond the previous limits of what we thought was possible. That's the way the world, that's what what makes the headlines. He went one ten-thousandth of a millisecond faster than anybody else running the mile, and it's it's a cause of celebration. And in every field, he did what? We didn't think we could do that. We've gone to the moon. We stand out here. You can't hardly see it in San Francisco. Obscured <laughs> by the high rises, which are trying to reach up <laughs> and touch the heavens, so to speak, and, and explore. It's the same way. Explore the more. Look at from a higher dimension, from a higher altitude, and see the whole, whole thing. To, to see it, to know it. Um, um, so, if you can't stand, we, we live in a bucolic, urban you know, setting, or uh, rural, I should say, setting. And so the moon looms large. And stand there and think, man is gone, as he said, one small step for man, a giant step for mankind. Through math, they've gone to the moon and then and, and, and they found that there are so many millions of galaxies and zillions of planets and so from coming to, from Europe to the Americas on a bow and this is what we do we try to expand the limits from the Vedic uh, and Vedanta point of view what we're really trying to do in human life and this is this is characteristic of humans who have self-awareness in a prominent sense more so, that, let's say, than the less complex species of life, hmm? where they think about themselves and are more conscious of themselves, and aware of themselves, and so forth. Um, what's happening is that that the self that is there in all the species of life that really is life, consciousness is life, not biology, not chemistry. Now a lot of people think that biology is life, and there's such an emphasis on Dar- Darwinian evolution as being, you know, uh, you don't believe in that? That's that's the key to understanding everything about life. It, it, it may be, it's an interesting concept, and there's a lot of, apparently, evidence to support it, but it's the key to understanding everything in life. This is preposterous. Hmm? Uh, people quickly forget that, that the chemical evolution has quietly gone to the background. Hmm? A century ago, it was thought, soon we're going to demonstrate that life, biology, comes from chemistry. Hmm? But they've had a hard time showing that. 
that from chemicals, chemistry, biological life develops. The theories about this, you might notice they're not like the biological theory of natural selection and common an ancestry and so forth is, is everywhere prominent and so forth. But chemical evolution, this is, it's, I heard Noam Chomsky once say it's kind of like a dead industry. They, they didn't get anywhere, so we just stopped talking about it. Hmm? But it's fairly important <laughs> if that's part of your, your theory that hasn't been quite demonstrated yet, worked out, that, that, that life is nothing more than, than the physical, chemical um, ingredients combining somehow randomly, turning into, into biology, which then has purpose of survival and so forth. And on the other end, at one end you have biology turning into chemistry, turning into biology theoretically. The explanation, explanatory gap is wider than the Pacific Ocean. And then you have, then you have biology as is thought, turning into self-awareness hmm? to the extent that it does, for example, in, in human species, which previously was thought was unique to human species. If you look at Descartes, for example, he, he sought to demonstrate that animals are nothing but machines. There's no self-awareness. There's no ego there. There's no sense of I or identity. Hmm? And, and that's been a prominent way of thinking about the natural world and other species of life in Western culture, philosophy, and, uh, and science for a long time. That, that, of course, that's... that's um, and, and with that comes the idea that because of the sophistication of the human brain um, through evolutionary process, now this thing called consciousness comes out. So from one end you've got chemicals turning into biology, then you've got biology turning into, into, into consciousness. Chemicals are really different than biology. <laughs> Just chemicals. They're really different, actually, than a moving, living, breathing thing. And consciousness is also very different than um, simply um, biology. Hmm? Consciousness is it's that subjective realm of thinking and feeling, qualitative experiences, uh, whereas matter is non-experiential. How can it suddenly become experiential by combining it itself in a certain way? That's very peculiar. It certainly, it certainly doesn't. Evolution is based on the idea that that which evolves is in some way present in that which it involves from in a cruder state. Hmm? That means that there has to be a similarity between that which evolves and that which it evolves from, some common ground that's evolving. But when you talk about non-experience and from that experience evolving, I mean, what could be different, more different? Experience how different is that from non-experience? It's pretty different. <laughs> there's no, there's no common common ground. There. So anyway, we're getting off on a bit of a, a tangent, but it's it's interesting intellectually speaking. Um, uh, just a little bit of how how, how bankrupt uh, the 
the uh, the industry uh, of the we call it of modern philosophy informed by science is even when it is providing us many pragmatic things that help us in certain ways as far as answering the problems of life and so forth. That's, that's the big questions. It's it's uh, it's quite um, another thing. How do we get there? But um, being and becoming. So, so being and becoming. So, as, as humans, hmm, of course, as I was saying, the now it's aware. It, it, it's quite, excuse me, uh, prominently understood that the I or I am is also present in in other species, less complex species of life. Even in bees, insects, they've detected an ego is there, a sense of I. So now we go from consciousness is a product of the human brain to consciousness is everywhere, underlying everything, panpsychic perspective. The original form of that is actually Vedanta. There are materialistic forms of that, but the original form of that, and it still has rational um, credibility, um, the, the, the idea that consciousness underlies everything. It is what is alive, so to speak. It is the experiential aspect, dimension of life, consciousness. It can identify with dull matter and make dull matter seem to come to life. Hmm? Um, and so, as humans, from the, from the point of view of Vedanta, we're trying to become what we already are, but we've identified with matter, and we're trying to become what we are as an Atma, a unit of being, knowing, and loving of Satchitananda. But we're trying to be that in this human body, and it's limited. It's not working. Hmm? We're trying to become what we already are without looking to what we are, which lies within. We're trying to, as you say, go within or go without. Hmm? And we're going without. So we're coming up empty-handed. And our gains, our successes, are all constitute some measure of going beyond that doesn't really go too far, hmm? even if you've gone to the moon. What will you do there? That is the question. What will you do? What kind of person are? What, 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 what are your ambitions? What are your desires for going there? What, what, how is it going to improve? You're going to get something from there so that you can better predominate over another nation. If you get there first, you'll find something to run your military, you know, better or or some technology. Uh, so. It's not that by going somewhere else we're going to improve necessarily the quality of our life. We have to look what we are on, on a deeper level. What are the potentials of human consciousness? What are the dimensions that can be explored? And there are great examples in the Hindu tradition of mystics and in other traditions as well, going within and finding the more. They went within. They didn't go without. Hmm? They were full without. They found out this very transrational, I'll call it, idea that less is actually more. Who would have thought? Hmm? Who would have thought? Hmm? So, but that said, interestingly enough, in our tradition, 
of Vedanta, we have a slightly different perspective. Because we are interested not in trying to become what we are as an Atma in matter, through identification with matter, but we're not satisfied with being what we what we are as a unit of such and another, but in terms of our potential hmm, as a unit of Satchitananda in relation to our source. So there's a transcendent becoming that is ongoing. When you learn to be what you are, you can be full and peaceful and no more have to look over your shoulder because you know. Like Socrates said, they want to kill me, but they can't even find me. You might kill my body, but... I'm not it. Hmm? What about that? So you don't have to worry about being. And once you know that, what remains to be known? There might be all kinds of things to be known, but how do they compare to that? Hmm? That I know that I am. Hmm? And I always have been, and I always will be. Hmm? I mean, it's a kind of knowing that makes all other knowing seem insignificant in comparison and the bliss that comes from that, the relief that life, embodied life, um, doesn't ever give us a break from. Hmm? As soon as we go to sleep, as soon as we, we dream about it then. <laughs> and we're chased and harassed by it. Then we have to wake up to it again. Sorry. Right? So just a constant, constant Hampshire on the wheel, right? That's just good. So, shanti, 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 peace, restful. I am, I be, I am, and I'm happy to be. Hmm? Abbas said, I am is much bigger than I am this or I am that. I am the president, I am the American, I am an Indian, I am rich, I am these, this and that. That could change. You could be rich today, you could be poor tomorrow. You could be a man today and change your gender and be a woman tomorrow. Hmm? That can all change. But that I am, that doesn't change. You know, all the I am this or I am that, that doesn't change. You might think, but it changes at death, but death is just another one of those changes hmm. of this or that from our perspective. So, many Vedantists, spiritualists, mystics, they rest with this I am. But in Gaudiya Vedanta, we stop trying to become in that sense, but then there's a transcendent becoming that love is about. An ongoing, growing. Prem is our prayojan, our ideal, love, love of God, love of Krishna, is such that it's full and increasing at every moment. That, I know that doesn't fit between the ears so well, but luckily there are things that don't. And life's not limited to that. What our rational faculty can get a grip on and own, and, and, and by reasoning, it's very limited. You, you cannot know everything. You cannot. You could not. You don't know by reasoning that less is more. For example, you know that in a different way. The math of that doesn't work out, so to speak. It's, a, it's, a, it's experiential. You see, there are many ways of knowing. We, we push forward this rational way of knowing 
in, with, with reason being informed by senses hmm, that we reason about, which you could reason about that data in, in many different ways and come up with different conclusions. But there are many ways that we know that, that, that are n- not rational, they're not irrational. Hmm? There are things that you know that the things that just stick out in your life that you experience and you have a knowing from them. You can, we can all remember things. But there are certain things you just remember. And it informs you a certain way. Myself, I remember when I was in sixth grade, I saw a Hindu lady in school with a long sari on it. Just like, I mean, why do you remember that? It's not because I became a Hindu later. It was always in my life. That it always like stuck with me. Of course, when, from the yogic point of view, there are previous lives, and these samskars, impressions from previous lives come mm-hmm. and inform us. And we know by these impressions. Mm-hmm. Or how does someone know to be a pianist without having to get trained, musicians and so forth, artists and so on? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Western world has a kind of a crude way, some kind of intuitions or whatever that is. But um, at any rate, there there are different ways of knowing, and 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 reasoning is a limited way of knowing. That's not an, an unreasonable uh, proposal. Hmm? Uh, so we should reason about the limits of reason, and then conclude that to arrive at the comprehensive knowing, we need a transrational way of knowing. Ways of knowing that transcend the limits of reason. We should take reason to its fullest limits of knowing and infor- informing us, and it should inform us of its own limitations. Just go to a debate on any particular issue. Hmm? Is the answer in the reasoning? Sometimes it is, but sometimes the debates are pretty subtle. The answer is in psychology. For one person, it's one answer. Another person, it's the opposite answer. Hmm? Your arguments don't work for me. It's that my arguments don't work for you. But you can't say mine are wrong. I can't say yours are, yours are wrong. Hmm? Yes, I, I, I can't. They don't fit my psychology. Hmm? You understand? So there's, there's something else about us that's at the basis of our knowing. Hmm? Uh, than the merely reason. It should, it's not something reason to put on the altar as the way of knowing everything. Hmm. And that's not unreasonable. And we should tax ourselves entirely with our reasoning to exercise it as, as full as it, as, uh, 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 as far as it can, can take us, so to speak, and should take us to, to, to understanding its own, own limitations. Hmm? And then maybe there are other ways of knowing. And methods, really honed methods. That's what yoga is about. Hmm? Spiritual discipline, sadhana, spiritual practice. It's about. Hmm? It's about how to go within rather than without. Not just to gather data with your senses and reason about it, hmm? but to consider that my senses are imperfect in terms of the collecting data in the first place. Instruments I create with them may be better, but they're created by imperfect senses. So can they be perfect? They may extend my capacity of the sen- my senses for knowing, but can they give me perfect information? And even though I had perfect information, 
can I ra reason about what it means, what the, what the data, what the implications of it are, and so forth? Hmm? So, spiritual practices, this is this different discipline, serious discipline, it's a serious objective discipline as well. Hmm? It's always thought, thought of as a sub subjective, very fairy, you know, faith kind of thing. It's very objective because in actual spiritual discipline, you have to be detached. You have to step back from the world. That's what objectivity is about, right? Stepping back from your feelings and your emotions and how you feel it should be. Just follow the facts. Facts are different than your feelings. Then, so this is what objectivity is about. So actual spiritual practice is, is about being extremely objective because it's about stepping back from our feelings derived from our senses and, and, and the seat of our mind, mental emotional seat hmm, of the subtle body. Hmm? And our, I like this, I don't like that. I like this, I don't like that. I'm stepping back from that in a, in a discipline to do that, not just an academic discipline to do that, which you have to do to write an academic paper or a scientific um, objectivity to do an experiment and produce data for the company, for the corporation, hmm? who hopefully wants the objective data <laughs> rather than the data that will sell more cigarettes or whatever it is. Hmm? I mean, it's a human industry science, what can I say? It's made up of humans. So is the academic world. And what spiritual life is about is fully applying one's humanity the, the, the wealth of the human form of life to actually go beyond its limits. Mm -hmm. That's what these spiritual practices are about. Mm -hmm. And in our tradition of Vedanta, as I say, it involves realizing the, the, the particle, the, the atma, the atom of consciousness that we are, a unit of sat-chit-ananda, and that in relation to its source and entering into a relationship with the source in which there's an ongoing transcendent becoming. So the Godhead, Krishna, is becoming all the time. Prem, love, in this sense, is a fullness that's always increasing. This is a peculiar idea. So Radha's Prem, hmm, that that that, that, that that Krishna is a student under the influence of, that's driving him mad, making him move. I've said before, Brahman is a term for the absolute, which means Brahman. Can't say anything about it. That which is everywhere, underlying, the underlying reality, the absolute, indeterminate, non-differentiated consciousness, pulsating, but if it's everywhere, and it's, how can it move? So if Krishna is that Purna Brahma, Bhagyam, Bhagyam, Nanda Yon Mitram Paramanandam, Purna Brahma, Sanatanam. This is a very beautiful verse spoken by Brahma. He says, Oh, how lucky! Oh, how lucky are the, the devotees in in that village of. Brindavan, that rural setting of Krishna's Leela, that that 
that trans temporal, trans spatial dimension where the play of the Godhead takes place. He's everywhere. He knows everything. It's boring. So what do you do when you're bored? You play. Hmm? He makes up a play. The play is under the influence of his own inner Shakti, the interaction between himself and his own inner Shakti that we call Bhakti, hmm? that moves only for his pleasure. And we can come under the influence of that Bhakti, become a Bhakta, hmm? right? And enter into that Leela, which is an ongoing, ever eternal, transcendent becoming. There's no lacking there. Hmm? But the fullness is over, overflowing. So just like I could be full, and if I'm full, happy, why move? Well, there could be a kind of movement out of rising out of fullness that I'm so full that I have to celebrate it. I don't, not moving because I'm, I'm not complete. I'm moving because I am complete. This is a bhakti idea, a love idea of transcendence, rather than knowing. I know I'm complete. Okay, I be, I am. But more full, complete, not only knowing yourself, but knowing your source and the difference, the oneness between yourself and the source, and the, and the, and the difference that is sufficient to afford reciprocal dealings with our source into, into what we call love. Hmm? Hmm. And so Radha is the full form of that bhakti that, 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 with, 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 in which that there's a little bit of in each devotee. There's a little bit of Radha, so to speak, in every devotee. She's a full form of love and she is being the love of, of Krishna personified. So powerful the implication is that Brahman that's everywhere is moving. How can something that's everywhere move? Asked Radha. That's <laughs> the point. Such are the miracles of love. What can love do? Hmm? What can love not do? Hmm? It can do everything. Hmm? It certainly can do what reason can't because love knows no reason. It casts reason aside. It's, it's wise, spiritual love, hmm? But it's exhausted the limits of reason, gone beyond it to love, and and in that realm we find the God that every religion worships is a worshiper. That's very peculiar. As I began, Krishna in our tradition, we're not worshiping God, but as much as we're worshiping that who Krishna worshipped, which is Radha, the personification of love. Hmm? If I love you, I may know things about you that even you don't know. The love of oneself is vain, after all. Hmm? And love is the fullness of knowing. If you love someone, hmm, you've got to know them. Because in love, there are no secrets. If you love someone, they will tell you all their secrets. They'll be vulnerable. They'll, they won't. They no longer have to protect themselves. Hmm? They feel loved, so they feel vulnerable and secure in their vulnerability. 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 Hmm? 
It's his spiritual life. To be secure in your vulnerability. We're very tiny. If we weren't vulnerable in one sense, why would we be in this unknowing condition? Hmm? We're prone to this condition. We, it's an illusion of sorts, but we can get out of it hmm, by excavating our connection with our with our source. Hmm? We're like a we're like a, we're like a jewel. We're like a diamond hmm? underneath a mountain of coal, black and soot. Hmm? It's you, it's you cannot see through it at all. But if you take the trouble to polish off that coal, all the dust of our material identification and desires, you'll find this bright diamond of the self there. But it's this is a diamond in the raw. Hmm? It's beautiful. I just found a huge diamond underneath a mountain of coal. What a, I've mined such a wealth, right? Who would have thought? Under all that black was such light, and such darkness. Uh, 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 there, was, there was such light. Hmm? But in our tradition, that's just the beginning. Now take the diamond and give it to a jeweler. What will he do with that? He will cut it in a certain way, hmm? so that it will shine that much more. And then you take it and put it in, in a golden bracelet and it would be accented. Hmm? This means to take the self, hmm? the guru takes the self, not only extracts him from underneath a, my, a mountain of coal, but now as the jeweler refines, the, cuts the gem and places it in a, in a golden ring hmm? that is you know, give them a place a role in Krishna Leela to play, to enter into the drama of the life of Bhagavan to, to, to herd cows with Krishna wherever that is it's, with, it's within and beyond within hmm? and it's and, and it's and it's full of the Leela is full of mystery and and impossibilities. Huh? If what's written about, spoken about in, 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 by the saints in poetry, and the, that it, that, that's a, it's a, a expansive kind of language, so to speak, where, as I often say, the wing moon can have wings and fly across the sky. It works. Hmm? It, uh, yeah, so, so. In that realm, that that realm is, we say, the ruler is Radha there. Vrindavan Ishwari. Vrindavan is that Ishwari means like the goddess. Ishwari. Ishwari means like controller. Ishwari is a feminine. Ishwari, the controller of that realm. Where Krishna is like, like a puppet in the hands of Radha, hmm? that 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 is her, Radha. Now, that's it. Hmm? In the sacred texts, for example, the Bhagavat, Srimad Bhagavat, her name is not mentioned. 
someone would say, well, how can you make this whole teaching about this Radha? Her name's not mentioned. Because of the nature of the book. It's the nature of the text. It's a Rasik book. It means it's a poetic book and it poet, poetry speaks in a in a in a very uh, nuanced, layered way with implications. Each word is pregnant with implications that unless you are tuned in, just like love, two lovers can talk amongst one another in the public about one thing but and say something appears to say something else and no one will know what they're what they're talking about. Love is a language of its own. It's written in this kind of language. So one has to be a lover to understand it. Hmm? Um, dharma Projita Kaitabutra Paramo Niramat Saranam Sadam. It's for a very special group of people. What is that? It's for liberated siddhas. Well, what good is it to us then? <laughs> if it's for perfected beings, what do perfected beings need a book for? That's the kind of book it is. Hmm? The very question was asked in the text, right? The main speaker is Sukadev. He was asked, was asked about him, why did Sukadev, who was a siddha, an Atmaram, an, an adept, self-realized person, what did he th why did he take the time to study the Bhagavad? Nirgrantam apirupane. Atmaramas chanunayo nirgrantam. Nirgranta. Schopenhauer used the term, the German philosopher, the world not. I've seen many Western philosophers trying to explain what he meant. He's talking, he was influenced by Eastern philosophy. He meant hunkar, the false ego that, that ties the Atma hmm, to the world, to undo the world not. Nirgranta. Granta means a knot. Nirgranta. Nirgranta also means uh, granta also means book. Hmm? There's a double meaning there. What did he, he he was Nirgranta. He was he was beyond the book. Why did he need to read the book? Why did he take the trouble to what, what does a self realized person need to read the book? And the Bhagavatam says that's the kind of book it is. What's contained in there? Hmm? Itam Itam just as such is the nature of the qualities of Hari, of Krishna. We're talking about now not an indeterminate feature of the Absolute, but a determinate feature. There is consciousness that's indeterminate, means nirvisesh, it means uh, without quality. Hmm? Uh, just uh, raw consciousness. And then we have de de determinate with qualities, hmm? with, with difference that doesn't compromise unity in some way. Difference that beautifies unity, non-duality. Hmm? There's, a, there's a way of beautifying the non-duality that doesn't compromise. Here, the, here, the, here difference gets in the way of unity in the material world. Your differences, which arise from your senses in your mind, get in the way of my differences, which arise from my senses in my mind, neither of which your reading through your mind and senses or mind gives the full picture. 
Hmm? So we are at odds with one another to one extent or another. Hmm? We find some common ground. You like that song? I like that song. Let's get together. You like that taste? I like that taste. Let's get together. Hmm? Uh, you know, to a point. And then you realize, well, you don't like that much of that song. <laughs> Let's work it out and stick together. It's a wholesome thing to do and so forth. But, but, um, but, but love is about unity and it's about difference at the same time. Hmm? So in transcendence we have unity and difference and the difference doesn't take away from the unity, it, it ornaments the unity, it beautifies the unity. I've given an example before. Let's say you come in the forest and you find a very beautiful pond and it's just still. And you just sit there because it just makes you feel like peaceful. Then some kids come and start throwing stones and I've got to get up and leave because all the water's going in different directions. Right? So the, the difference has now done away with the unity. But if you could take that same pond and throw 108 stones all in the exact same place, it would cause concentric ripples. It wouldn't disturb your peace, but would beautify peace. It, it, it keeps the unity and it it makes it dance, so to speak, harmoniously. Hmm? This is the idea of, of Leela and the qualities of Ri. So the book says, when the question is asked, how could he, you know, why did the self-realized person need, need to study the Bhagavatam? Hmm? Such is the nature of the book. Then the question is, well, what good is it to us? If it's for such people, paramo nirmatsaranam satam. The good is that in their relishing it, what does the text say? It says, Nigamukapuro Galitam Falam Shukamukaramatrabasam Vitam Pibato Bhagavatam Rasam Alayam Muhuraho Rasikabubi Babukaha. The text is such because the subject is what it is, the Leela of Krishna, that they drink it like an intoxicating beverage, like a fr it's like the ripened fruit from the tree of the Vedic wisdom. Hmm? And it's so ripe, full of juice, rasa, that they drink it and they pass out. And then they get up and then they drink it again. And in their intoxication, trying to relish it in, in its entirety, there's some overflowing through their association. Hmm? Sadhu Sangha. And we're touched by that. We're drawn in by that. Hmm? And then, in good association, under that good association, we can take advantage of the book and start, start to understand it because we can get a change of heart, get a sympathetic heart for the subject matter. We move away from the hard-heartedness of material life, survivalist, individualist, hmm, struggle, hmm, to move away from that, that for one living being is food for another, a very Darwinian truth. Hmm. Hmm. To, to go to another dimension. Where is that other dimension? It's in you. Hmm. Have you explored inside? You looked outside. For how long? For lifetimes, as a bird you've looked from above, as a fish you've looked from beneath the sea. Hmm? 
through the eyes of the bug, Jalajahana Balakshan, Vistab Balakshan, through so many species of life, we come to human life. Why don't we do something different <laughs> in human life? Instead of still trying to ex- explore the world outside, <coughs> we have the capacity to turn within. Is that a unique opportunity? Are there persons who have done so that whose character is, is worth considering? There are. How many? Just a few. How many you need? You need one. I told a Christian the other day, I said, many people don't believe in the resurrection. Probably for good reasons. I said, but, I said, I don't know if he came back for that. I wasn't there. You want to present it like it's a historical proven fact, but I mean, it's debatable. <laughs> right? But I believe that reliable sources have said that he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I said, that's unbelievable. Now, that's unbelievable in a positive sense. Wow. What kind of person was that? That, that you could be like that? That a, that a human being, let's say just a human being, could be like that? Could think like that? That's unbelievable. That should be followed. <coughs> a few mystics. They come in different traditions. No problem. Hmm? Forgive them. They know not what they... I mean, how could... <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's supernatural. You could see... You could say, I had not seen God. How should I believe in Him? I'll show you. Here's the love of God. How's that? If there's love of God... It must be God. Hmm? And this is how he speaks. With universal compassion. Is that not desirable? And that's just the beginning in terms of Bhakti Rasa as I'm speaking about. Hmm? This is the beginning. How many examples do you need? One, it tells you that the human that is within the human potential. Therefore, however systematically, gradually, and so forth, we go there. That should be clear. That is the goal. We are adrift in a sea of, of opportunities with no clear idea what is the goal. Aristotle told us the goal is human, the golden mean and the human happiness. And the Buddha told us the world's not about happiness. It's about suffering. To stop suffering. Aristotle's idea is become happy in the world. Buddha said it's not possible. Who's right? Hmm? All you did was sit under a tree. So many people came. It's not so easy to sit, apparently. They came and they left. They wrote down what they reported and what they thought they understood. They tried to practice whatever. Hmm. Different ideas, right? Hmm. I think Buddha was closer than Aristotle. <laughs> my, my own personal convictions <laughs> about about the matter, <laughs> being 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 a a, 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 a of the spiritual Eastern tradition and so forth, um, but.
my point is that the world at large is adrift without any real... What is the goal? Hmm? Is it just newer and newer opportunities to express ourselves differently through our five senses? I mean, if we go to the moon, what, what, what will we do there? Hmm? Here's an exciting idea. Go within. You can go zillions of miles into space, but you won't change anything inside yourself. You don't even know it's there. Some people have gone within there and they, they could just sit in one place. They didn't even need to move an inch. What's big go to the moon? It's a long ways away. So close. Yet so far, because we're looking so much in the, in, in the, in the wrong direction. So, our way, of course, of doing that, that, that is bhakti, and Radha personifies that, uh, that bhakti. It, it is that uh, transcendental force of love that has the power to, to, to make the God into, into an intimate associate, into a friend, into a lover. Hmm? It needs to become a, a plaything in, in our hands, so to speak. And this is what the text of the Bhagavatam is about. Yes, it doesn't mention her name. Hmm? Because the Bhagavatam is Nasta Prayashuva Bhagavashu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. If you want to study this Bhagavatam, you've got to pay close attention hmm? regularly. What's in there? What the text is really speaking about? Hmm? Again, it's a text for transcendentalists, for, for Siddhas. It's about the civilization of love, of the, of the self, of the soul, like the potential of the soul, of the Atma. Mm-hmm. But there in those pages, those rasikas, tasters, of course they find her everywhere, some of the prominent places. We find in the fourth chapter of the tenth canto, when the story of Krishna is being told, mm-hmm. that that the eighth son of Devaki would be the cause of Kamsa's demise. It turned out to be a girl. It's a whole story, of course, behind that. Right? And Kamsa went to slay her, the, the, the daughter of his sister. But the daughter stepped on his head and came up and showed many arms and said, I am the Rita. I am the goddess. And you are nothing. You are worried about the boy that will be born that the oracle says will kill you. Hmm? Well, there's goddesses that are more powerful than him that have been born already, and I'm only a partial manifestation of them. I am the Durga. Durga. Ga means to go. Dur means difficult. I am the goddess that presides over this world that's difficult to go from. But there is a Durga that I'm derived from, who's difficult to go to, that is Radha. Hmm? And she, and Bhadra, and Shamala, hmm? and Chandravali, these Gopikas, are all Shaktis of Bhagwan, all partial expressions of Radha's love for Krishna. They've already appeared in the world. Hmm? You want to outsmart the oracle, but it's not possible. He's already been born, who will kill you, and those who are more powerful than him, his shaktis, who, who he's a dancing person in, 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 in hands of, they've already appeared. 
and now I'm going to the Vindhya Mountains. <laughs> she disappeared. Hmm? She said, Bahunam Niketeshu. And I will be known, this Shakti will be known by many different names. Bahunam. Hmm? So some of those names are, as I said, Durga and the Tantras is another name for Radha. Hmm? Chandravali, he's amongst the gopis, the two closest to to Krishna, right? Hmm? Rupa Goswami says they were they were born in the Vindhya Mountains, the mountain range that demarks South India from North India. Hmm? It is like Parvati is said to be daughter of the Himalayas, where she believes lives. So Radha's in 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 in. Later Madhava, the daughter of the Himalayas, or excuse me, the daughter of the Vindhya mountain range. It means what the Bhagavatam is saying. These Shaktis are there, and and then, according, according to the Leelas, of course, the story, then then Kamsa was concerned, so he thought, okay, I'm going to try to kill all the boys that were born at this, within this certain time period, so I'll be able to kill the one who somehow is going to kill me. And I better capture all the girls born at this period too, because of what that god has said. So Putana was the one he went to early on to collect all the girls, and, and, and so she was flying around and rich, as I said. Then she found, oh, these beautiful girls at the, were found at the mountain base. The Brahmins were were taking care of them, and she kidnapped them. And then the Brahmins cursed Putana, and she became weakened by that and she dropped them hmm? and they fell into the different rivers and they were retrieved hmm? Chandrabali was brought to Chandrabanu's house and Radharani to Bhushabhanu the two Banus they're, they're brothers hmm? Hmm? and this, this is how Bhagavad described it, the appearance of Radha hmm? it, she was brought from outside the Braj she, I mean she She's, she she's resides there but for Leela she was brought from outside to there and appeared there a year later hmm, than Krishna later on the next chapter the Bhagavatam says and with the birth of Krishna the place became the residence of the goddess of fortune it became the place of the residence of Radha is that some other ways in which this mentioned her, her, her her persona in the Bhagavatam. Mm-hmm. And it became became opulent, wealthy. Mm-hmm. She's the Lakshmi of Krishna. Right? Mm-hmm. So, the question, um, we, we're to go on, and then in the, the really center of the center of the Bhagavatam, and I'll conclude with this, we find <coughs> that when Krishna met with the gopis in the middle of the night for rasa, and he blew his flute, they all came there dancing. Then at a certain point he disappeared. So they went to chase, follow after him. They followed his footprints. And while they followed his footprints at a certain point, they saw another set of footprints along with his. And they knew that one of the gopis he had left with her. And so they were smart and non-envious. And they said, Aradhana. One has worshipped aradhana means worship 
has worshipped better than us, has loved him more, is is the more the more full personification of of love of God. Hmm? So although her name Radha isn't mentioned, the, the word Radha comes from a unified voice of all the other gopis. All the other gopis are saying she has the capacity to love him more than all of us combined. Therefore she's worshipable even by us. Hmm? And then they began to trace the footprints, the two footprints. And then they said, oh look, here are Krishna's footprints and hers are not there, but her footprint, his footprints are making a deeper impression. That means he picked her up here. He's carrying her. Wow, they said. Krishna is carrying her. You understand the implication? Krishna is the worshipable God. He's carrying her. He's serving her. What is our position? Hmm? And then, suddenly, only her footprints and his were gone. And they knew. But here he disappeared from her. And then they realized what her condition must be. We know what we're feeling in separation from him. Imagine what she must be feeling now. And to, such as such they came upon her. In such a condition of love and separation, which makes the heart grow fonder. Hmm? And then together they gathered in sympathy with her, and they performed kirtan along the banks of the Jamuna. Hmm? And Krishna then snuck up to watch them. What is the nature of their love? And then he saw the love that they have for me speaks to me about the fact that they know something about me that I can't know from my position. Like I said earlier, if someone loves you, they may know things about you that even you don't know. Because we are not as preoccupied with ourselves. We are, but, 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 but we ignore things about ourselves because we have an imagination of what we look like. We only look like what we look like to our two eyes in the mirror, not in the pictures that people take of us. We think, well, that's not me. I don't really look like that, do I? That's, that's exactly what they look like. That's not a good photo of me. That's a great photo of you. What are you talking about? We have an own imaginary idea of what we look about. Uh, our lover has the more realistic, knows everything about us. Hmm? Krishna realizes, Radha knows me better than myself. She, ex she tastes something in me that can only be tasted from her vantage point. I have to taste that. Hmm? That is then to becoming one as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yeah. And as a result, we know something about all these, these th high topics. Hmm? Shiman Mahaprabhu ki jai. Suri Varastami ki We'll do a little kirtan and then just prepare for offering a prashad. See you in kirtan ki. Jai.